You're watching Truth versus Hype. Could new rules expanding maternity benefits for women meant to increase the entry of women into the workforce trigger a backlash and cause job losses? Will it help or aggravate a trend of declining women in India's workforce? Here's the context. In March 2017, new rules came into effect expanding maternity leave from 12 weeks, that's three months, to 26 weeks, just over six months. Further, unlike earlier, companies with more than 50 employees have to provide creche facilities. The new guidelines also provide maternity leave for adopted children. Now, these steps pushed India amongst the top five countries in the world when it comes to progressive maternity benefits and were widely welcomed. Generous maternity leave is linked to better infant and maternal health, as well as encouraging women to join the workforce. But just over a year since the new rules comes some worrying news. A recent survey by the HR company Teamlease has found that the new laws may see in the short term one crore women being pushed out of the job market. The survey is actually broken into two parts. In the first part, 300 employers in 10 sectors, ranging from real estate, banking, avi aviation, and so on, were surveyed. And it was found that in these sectors alone, about 11 to 18 lakh job losses for women were forecast. And across all sectors, the amount Team Lease estimated will be about 10 times higher, one crore losses. Mainly because of small and medium industries saying that they'll have to cut back on hiring women because of the additional financial burden of these new benefits. Now, this comes in the wake of worries over job creation, as well as multiple studies that find the role of women in the workforce is steadily shrinking. A much-cited World Bank study finds that India ranks low, 121 out of 131 countries on female labor force participation. That has actually fallen from 37% in 2004 to 27% in 2014. The reasons, according to the bank, range from women opting out of jobs for higher education, women unable to get jobs because of a lack of education, marriage. And now, this news of potentially more job losses. Well, joining us tonight to accept or challenge all of this is a terrific panel. We have with us Shobana Kamineni, who's of the Apollo Group, past president of CII. Joining us here in the studio, Bina Agarwal, who's a professor of development economics at the University of Manchester, one of our finest minds on the political economy of gender. Shamika Ravi, great to have her as always, researcher at Brookings India and member of the PM's Economic Advisory Council. And Rituparna Chakraborty, VP of Team Lease, the group that did this survey. So, Rituparna, let me just start with you. And, and get you to defend, in a sense, the survey, because there are already people who've come out and critiqued it and said that this is too pessimistic and whether your data actually, your methodology and data are actually sound. Uh, so explain to us a little bit about how you've arrived at these numbers. So you polled, you said, across uh, you know, 10 sectors of the economy, 300 employers. So I think, uh, to be very honest, this is a survey uh, estimate which I would love to be proven wrong about because this is absolutely undesirable. Hmm. Um, and uh, however, what really led to it essentially out of the 10 sectors, while three sectors emphatically have been talking about the positive impact of this particular um, amendment, 
especially ITITS, uh, the e-commerce segment, yes. uh, they have seen that uh, it has improved the it can potentially improve the diversity uh, inclusion situation within the workplace. It can actually um, uh, also reduce post-maternity attrition. However, sectors like real estate, education, aviation, uh, manufacturing, BFSI, hmm. we felt that there was an apprehension or there was a certain concern creeping in and large part of the concern was around costs. Okay. Uh, essentially, I think it's in not so way? much about the six months benefits, it's about how does one really fend. Uh, you know, the, it, uh, the cost has doubled pretty much. It used to be earlier three months, now six hmm. and a half months. Right. Um, and uh, also the, the estimate shows that for white collar profile, the cost, the post-maternity uh, post benefit retention cost goes up to about 85%. Okay. And um, for, wh for blue, white collar profile, for blue collar profile, it is up to 130%. Okay. All right, and understood. these seem sizable amount for organizations in SME and startups. Okay, Shobhana, come in any respond to this? I mean, for someone like your group, I'm assuming the Apollo group employs a very large number of women. Is this new act, the amendments to the act, is this actually going to dissuade you from hiring more women or is this going to be the reverse? Uh, I'm not sure whether it'll be the reverse but uh, dissuading the, the, this sector, if you look at it, healthcare is something that definitely is attractive and requires a lot of women, especially in the nursing profession. Mm. And um, I think that whatever benefits, so just to state being uh, a woman and just like Rituparna opened up, that, that this is something that needed to be done because three months was never enough. Yes. We, have, we have to solve for the six months. So I think that the way that the problem was solved could have been slightly better, you know, because one is that uh, we, we can use this very positively. Hmm. And, and I think it's an important move. It's an important message. Okay. One, uh, these are events that happen maybe uh, maximum twice in a woman's lifetime. Right. So I think that, we, that, that this is something that can be planned for if, if a woman is going to work in a company for 25 years, yeah. 30 years, uh, giving them this kind of a leeway I think is actually beneficial. It creates more bonding, more loyalty and, and I think it's uh, instead of having to train more people in, you know, fresh and, and have that um, uh, as a retention policy, it's actually kind of good. So you so welcome coming it. coming to how do we solve for it. Yes, but what do you think could have been done better? You're uh, saying that it could have been improved. I, I what do you, what did you mean by that? A couple of things. Uh, a couple of things. One is that I feel that the bill is too skewed against women. Again, why not? Why not make sure that companies that have uh, that the male employees that that have babies that they pitch in half the cost. So then it gets more widespread. So it's not targeted just to women, and okay. it and it's and it's spread out. The second is that companies, especially for the SMEs. Mm. The government should have chipped in and said, okay, let's help you. We'll help right. you set up creches. We'll help you. We'll give you subsidies right. for this. And, and you know, in, especially in the light of the fixed-term employment across sectors, mm. people, are, it's going to be way more flexible. So in the short term, they will see more drop-off. And I think this is a bill that has to be, uh, that, that actually has to be strengthened 
and made more palatable because it's something okay. that is good for women. No, no, okay, that's a, I think that was an important point about the need for government support. But just to overall very quickly summarize what you're saying, Shobana, you're saying that as far as you are concerned, Apollo Group is concerned, this is not going to actually discourage you from hiring women. You continue to hire women no, at the same time. Uh, we have to rate keep and taking pace. women. We'll just find ways, yes. Okay, okay, that's good. Uh, Shamika Ravi, now it'll it'll have to be, okay. and and I think there's sectors like I see like IT and there's sectors that require women. Right. So we have to look at it in that perspective. Okay. What do you make of the team lease survey? Do you think that it's credible? Do you think that there is going to be a pushback, which perhaps has already happened? And to her point about the fact that the government could perhaps chip in and help quote unquote subsidize some of these additional benefits. So once so it's important to understand that it's a progressive. Uh, policy to begin with. Yeah, in it's fact, a great policy. But three months was fairly progressive too. Right. Uh, in fact, it, it sort of matched the kind of policies other countries have. Like China has 98 days, which is right. about 14 weeks. Right. Uh, Switzerland has exactly the same, which is 98 days. Now, which tells you that, you know, someone has to bear the cost. If, if the society wants children and if society wants equal opportunity for women, someone has to pay for it. Sure. Now, this is where now if industry is telling you that it's, it's maybe the cost is a bit too much now with six months, hmm. they would perhaps require government support. And, and frankly, I'm sympathetic to that because I do think six months might be a bit much for the SMEs in the startup space. Okay. So you think that there's a valid claim to get government support for this? Well, and the government, government could support, consider industry it. support, but there has to be, maybe CSR could fund it. What I'm saying is uh, where we find the money for it is, is a sort of a side issue. Right now, we have to accept the fact that this substantially raises the cost mm. of firms that employ women. Now, going back to the heterogeneous or the variations that defined across industries, and this is also something Shobhna adhered to, you know, in industries where you can substitute women in terms of the services, sure. there it's going to be, you know, most of them will move away from women because essentially you're saying pay them half a year's salary, uh, uh, you so, know, so, so someone yeah, does so bear the cost. But healthcare, nursing is, is fundamentally a, a, a women's and, and therefore I would suspect... That's a very practical but somewhat an unfortunate assessment that, you know, where women are replaceable, they will be replaced. Unfortunately. Uh, it, it, one wishes that wouldn't happen. But Bina Agarwal, I mean, we're still trying to gauge whether the impact is largely going to be felt in the formal sectors of the economy, which broadly seems to have been captured by the team lead survey. But as someone who's also worked and mapped the informal sector, which is where a bulk of the women appear to work, uh, what would you make of this debate? Well, the bill isn't addressed to the informal sector at all. It's right. essentially um, focused on the formal sector. And uh, we know that only a very small proportion of women are in the formal sector, certainly less than less than 10%. Now, if you were to believe the uh, the predictions of this survey uh, that employers would be deterred in hiring uh, right. women, it doesn't make clear whether it's going to, these figures don't make clear whether you're going to um, not allow existing workers to continue. Um, it seems to me it would be much more in terms of prediction on new hiring, future hiring. On, on future hiring, which means that younger women um, who will sure. join the workforce, it will reduce the opportunities. And we've been pushing for having more women in the formal sector. But then so how, in that yeah. sense, it would, be, uh, it would be unfortunate. However, um, the, I completely agree with, with the fact that uh, you have to have maternity benefits. Um, 26 weeks is... Uh, seems to be a, a fair number mm. if you're going to be progressive. But 
it's um, but I want to ask you about something else that I brought up in my introduction that how does this play into this overall anxiety that we have about the fact that there is already a shrinking of women's participation in India's workforce how firstly how serious or how real is that threat or that that number because the World Bank report which you know everyone cites mm. and we cited it as well shows that it's just you know it's just been tapering off over years yeah, we have to see why uh, the, there has been a decline, uh, and there are broadly three kinds of factors. One is certainly uh, the lack of adequate jobs for women in the way that they might want mm -hmm. it. Uh, the second is uh, undercounting of women, the measurement issues. And the third is the, the issue of supply, right. that um, the girls are being more educated, and that's good, uh, but also women uh, are staying back if mm. their families are earning more. Mm. Now, uh, a bill like this would, I would think, bring more women into the workforce. Certainly, um, research from other countries indicates that when you introduce maternity benefits, which mm. are generous, uh, then more women uh, enter the labor right. force. And yet, on the other hand, um, you have uh, this, this on, sort of... But on the demand side, yeah. what you're saying is that uh, employers may be deterred Right. Uh, from from hiring now, how this plays out uh, overall yeah. uh, remains to be seen. Right, Shamika, to that point mm. about the drop in women's labour force participation. I mean, ten percent over a decade—that seems huge. And it's also um, uh, it's not seen anywhere else with with growth. Yes. Uh, even in places where you have very skewed sex ratios for several decades, like South Korea, yeah. uh, it did catch up. And in our case, I think, frankly, you know, laws are very you know simple ways of solving complex problems sure. simplistic ways I'd argue you know you'd have to implement the existing three months thing first of all how many companies are adhering but remember as Bina said it's a very small formal sector that really you know the compliance or something about, like this yeah. what is public transport like what is the the safety situation for women to access uh, these kind of markets what's the daycare facility it's not like in six months the child will take care of itself yeah. so what kind of institutional setups exist in increasingly you know nuclearizing families urbanizing families so we have to look at multiple complex factors and i think you know this one stroke uh, uh, doubling of maternity i actually i think shobhna's point is a very good one when she said that what about splitting it between paternity and maternity leave right. why are you making it increase you know more costly for the women if the men were also to get leave in fact mandatorily i would argue then the cost is you know the companies don't necessarily substitute away from pregnant women or, or childbearing women that's uh, yeah so, that, no that was a good point but shobhna i want to ask you that uh, you know given that uh, from what we are gathering that there already seems to be some resistance to this uh, from employers. Now as a business leader, would you be able to reach out to other business leaders perhaps through you know, the medium of CII or, or even otherwise to try to work through this problem and say look this is a good idea, it, you know, it could come at a cost but there are, there are other costs, other benefits which outweigh perhaps those costs. So Srinivasan, we are actually, uh, we have started, you know, the, you know, doing something about it mm. and uh, we're looking to create more forums for women leadership, get more women out there, but also down the line, the CII IBN uh, network actually has a lot of women uh, separate members now mm. and we're growing that chapter actually by leaps and bounds. There are more women coming and we're trying to encourage the importance of diversity. I think once people, uh, one is that we need to equalize the pain, uh, 
make sure that people uh, understand the importance of diversity hmm. in their companies because it really adds to the value and the performance and uh, it, as you go higher up in the ladder also and then the government you know while we applaud their move again i come back to the thing that they not they shouldn't just pass a bill but they should also be willing to put you know some money behind making it work because long term it will i think that it's uh, undoubtedly great for the country because right. we will have healthier children that's super sure. important if you look at the quality of nutrition in the country right. if you look at the care those first uh, six months are critical in in child care so no, indeed, if you look at are. it on Let so me, many parameters yeah. there is social justice in this right but, but we have to make it uh, we have to take it to the people that it matters right Rituparna, on that point about formal, informal, now just to understand that you were mapping largely potential losses in the formal sector, but you also put out a figure, a projected figure of one crore job losses. Now that includes, I'm assuming, all sectors, yeah. is it? Because that seems like a very large Everyone. number. So yes. yes, all sectors. That includes... Yeah, but I think but that, also, that's honestly informal? an extrapolated figure. However, but also our informal? findings... Uh, it encompasses every yeah. Yes, it encompasses everything across all sectors. So essentially the approach is sectoral. Incidentally, each sector has a certain amount of people deployed through informal channels as well. Mm. So I think our focus has been to stick to the uh, sectors from mm. in the approach. Mm. Uh, the one crore data essentially is an extrapolation based on what we found across the 10 sectors. Okay. But the 10 sectors, of course, that's a factual data that we have unearthed based on the survey. Okay, um, because and there was if this... I may add to what uh, uh, Shobna... Yeah. Yes, go ahead. Go ahead, Rituparna. I think to add to what Shobna was saying, that I think this issue, while of course uh, there is a role for government to play, but I think government has in any case, uh, through this decision or this boldness of coming out with this, have done their bit. Hmm. And yes, there are, there are areas that government can support, but I do believe industry has a huge role to play in that. Hmm. And especially those companies and organizations who clearly sees the benefits, they hmm. have to become role models trailblazers for the rest you know they have to come out and share their case studies their success stories and hence CII, NASCOM, uh, PhD Chamber of Commerce, FICI all of them right. have a huge role to play because it's about communication as well okay. some of the fear and apprehension to my mind is a little unsaid right no that's that's those are great suggestions actually Bina, you wanted to come yeah, in. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think you can't make projections uh, if the law doesn't apply to the informal sector, which is 90%. I just, let me uh, just but, point but, out but something me, to you here. No, no just uh, one quick clarification. Uh, we actually found online that there were some clarifications issued by the Ministry of Labor, I think, in response to mm. some queries by industry. And they clarified, right. and this was somewhere yes. around last year, July of last year, that the act is applicable to all mines, right. plantations, shops and establishments, factories in the organized as well as the unorganized sector. So they seem to suggest it applies to the unorganized sector as well, though I'm not sure how Absolutely. that actually works. No, I, I mean, I, I don't some see unorganized a, establishment, uh, informal is hardly going to follow. Uh, no, I don't think it's going to work right. in the informal sector. Suppose you have, you take domestic workers in Delhi. Yes. Now, if they're working for six households and for short periods of time, how are you going to, how, how are you going to say whether she's going to get 26 Absolutely. From, from which. But I want to come back to a few, a few points. I think it's interesting that in the survey, uh, they found that IT and e-commerce 
were particularly supportive. But those are exactly the, um, uh, the organizations and sectors where you can have flexi work time. Mm. And, uh, women can, and women and men can work at home or they can work in the office. You have, right. And uh, increasingly you find in countries like Australia, even in the United States and elsewhere, that you're allowing employees to have flexi work time. You, they decide on which part of the day they want to work. Um, and they're finding that it is much more efficient than if they didn't have that. Um, but on cost, uh, I think um, the, the government's responsibility can't rest at simply passing an act. It has to put financial resources in it. And one of the areas which I think it's very important is mm. not just to, um, well, Australia, for instance, mm. you have uh, the government provides the uh, funds right. uh, for um, maternity, uh, for parental leave. Right. Uh, and, uh, and then in addition to whatever private sector provides. Okay. But I think what cuts across formal and informal is really the provision of creches. Right. Um, so, for instance, uh, you, what, what you mentioned was that what happens if you take eight weeks before, preg before you have the baby and then you have 18 weeks after, what are you going to do with the baby after that? If yeah. you don't have your mother-in-law and so if you don't have... Are, yeah, so creches, and in Japan, in fact, uh, the government invested hugely in creches, right. which led to an increase in female labor force participation rates. Okay. It is important to emphasize that if you want a level playing field, you do need to have uh, maternity leave and paternity leave. Sure. And, uh, you know, countries like Iceland have um, what they called uh, daddy bonus, right. or, 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 <laughs> or, or, which, is, which means that the... Uh, uh, father has to take okay. leave and it can't be substituted by the okay. by the mother some very valuable suggestions mm. including to the government which i'm sure could be conveyed mm. to the prime minister's economic <laughs> advisory council i made it a note <laughs> i don't made a note and also to cii but uh, that's all the time we have thank you all so much thank for joining us on truth versus hype for what's been a fascinating discussion thank that's you. all the time we have thanks for watching thank good night you.